let me go, she demanded. God, what is it about men grabbing me tonight? I'm sorry. I was just trying to help by getting you out of there before the manager called the cops. Pierce released her arm. Oh, he would have loved that, the jerk. She shook her head. You're shivering. Here, take my shirt. He took off his Armani dress shirt and draped it over her bare shoulders, covering her tank top and leaving him in his undershirt. She shrugged off the shirt and stepped back. I'm fine. Pierce caught the shirt in one hand as it sailed toward the ground. Okay. I just thought you might be cold. Can I get you a cab? She looked up and down the street, giving Pierce a moment to assess the feisty brunette. Her hair had been pinned up when he first noticed her inside the bar, and during the fight the messy bun had slipped to the nape of her neck. She had sharp features, a pointy chin, high cheekbones, thin lips, and a nose that perked up at the end. They might have looked harsh, or on the opposite end of the spectrum, perhaps elfin on any other woman, but her dark eyes were big and round, softening all those sharp edges into a mask of angry seduction. Cab, no thanks. She drew in a deep breath and put her hands on her hips. He wanted to put his hands on her hips. Pierce was thirty-six years old and had more money than he could ever spend and more women than nights to pleasure them. He was the supreme bachelor. He'd give his own life to protect his family, but when it came to women outside of his family, they had always been expendable. Ever since two of his younger brothers, Wes and Luke, had fallen in love, and he'd watched their lives transform into blissful coupledom with women they adored, he'd begun to wonder if he was missing out. Now, this delicious, angry, slightly vulnerable woman was sparking a familiar spike in adrenaline, tugging at the protective urges that were reserved for his family. And he couldn't let her just walk away. She seemed anything but expendable. She walked away while he stood there in a fog of confusion over the instant desire to protect her when she obviously didn't need him. He caught up to her a few steps later. Okay, no cabs. My car's in the garage around the corner. I could drive you home. She continued walking at a fast pace. Thanks. I really appreciate it, but I can walk. Her tone was still incensed. She shoved her hands in the pockets of her jeans and her slim shoulders rounded forward against the chilly night air. It was just after eleven, still early by Reno standards. Why on earth he couldn't walk away when she clearly wanted him to was a mystery to him. She was gorgeous, but hot women were a dime a dozen in Pierce's circles. He wasn't used to being turned down, even for just a drink or a ride, and could barely believe she had done so. Pierce was a man who was used to getting what he wanted, and she was too fine to give up that easily. He could think of no reason for her to turn him down, except he wondered if she thought he frequented that dive of a bar and was judging him by those surroundings. What the hell was she doing there anyway? I don't usually hang out there, he explained. She stopped walking and finally turned to face him. He didn't even know her name but when he saw that the anger in her eyes had been replaced by a well of sadness, he wanted to fold her into his arms until the sadness that turned the edges of her lips down disappeared. He thought of his younger sister, Emily. If Emily looked as sad as this woman, 
he hoped someone would be there to make her feel safe without any ulterior motive. Look, you seem like a nice enough guy, but I'm not a damsel in distress, okay? Some jerks took the brunt of a really bad night. She shrugged as if it were commonplace for her to deck a guy in a bar. I'm fine. They didn't even call the cops, so he must be fine. Go do your thing and I'll go do mine, okay? Her words were strong, but her voice wasn't quite as determined, and her eyes, those big, beautiful, sad eyes, gave her heartache away.